Live from the studios of KTAR News 92.3 FM, it's the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show with Brian Whitfield. Everything you need to know to grow. Call Brian with your questions at 602-277-5827. That's 602-277-5827. The Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, now on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. And we're back on this beautiful day here live in Sunny Slope, Arizona. And it looks like we have one line available. You can give Shira a call at 602-277-5827. 277-KTAR. Let's see. Next up, we have Cindy in uh, Phoenix. Hi, Cindy. Hi, Hi, Brian. It's nice to hear your voice. Uh, I have a couple of questions. One is I have a pomegranate tree, and they look the pomegranates look like big red apples. When do I pick them? Well, I tell you what you need to do right now with them, Cindy, is protect them. Because oh. this is the time of year as they start to ripen that the birds and the bugs like to come use them. And they really won't be their best until we have some cool nights. So that's usually after Thanksgiving. But for right now, oh. if you'd put paper bags with like a rubber band around the, the stem uh, okay. to keep the insects and birds away, uh, you'll okay. preserve the pomegranates till they are ripe. But usually it takes some, you know, morning temperatures like in the 40s for them to really get their flavor. And so that's usually the- after Thanksgiving. Okay, after Thanksgiving. And I remember picking them years ago when they would crack and they were they think real cold frost and then they'd open up. Mm-hmm. Um, but, th- but then I wanted to ask too, I planted, I transplanted a fig tree and from somebody gave it to me and I put it in the ground. I'm wondering, uh, the leaves have all turned, uh, they're all crippled up, they're dying. Do you think the tree is going to make it? What should I do for it? I plant. Was it was it dug out of the ground or was it in a container? Yeah, yeah dug out of the ground. Okay. And I had a big hole rating for it, and we mm-hmm. stuck it in, put okay. some different kinds of mulches in, it and everything. And I'm wondering that the leaves look real drying up. Are they, is this uh, like a dormant stage for them, well, or it's, is it just, it's not- just transplant shock? So there's a product called Super Thrive, and you can pick it up pretty much anywhere, any garden center, or nursery. And I would use Super. some Super Thrive on it. Did you cut the tree oh, back at all when you tra- transplanted it? Pardon me? Did you reduce the tree's size when you transplanted it? I didn't. So that's what I wanted to ask. Reduce it? You mean like well, cutting cut it off? back? Yeah. How large? How large is the trunk diameter on the tree? Uh, I'd say about the size of a small orange. Not even that big. Okay. And- so and, you should um, probably just cut it back right now to where it's maybe about three feet tall and just like a little globe. Oh. Okay. Just oh. Cut, cut all oh, that foliage that off. Mm-hmm. Just butcher it. Put some Super Thrive on it. Okay. And, and do I do I put do I cut any of the branches off? Oh yeah, all the branches. Just cut them all off. Uh, then it weigh down to nothing. Oh no, kidding. Yeah, just butcher oh. it, and, and that's, um, that way it has to support less. Okay, and do it right away. Put okay. some Super Thrive on it. And okay. I, ideally, you know, the other leaves may may or may not fall off. That's okay. And uh, it'll probably come back with a vengeance this spring. Okay. And only cut it back about three feet. Well, cut it back, you know, at least a third of the size of the tree, but a cut third. the tree back to where it is about three feet. How tall is oh. the tree right now? Okay. Okay. Very good. Okay. okay. Well, thank you. I appreciate all your help. All right. Thanks, Cindy. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Uh, Doug in Phoenix. Good morning, Doug. Hello, Doug. 
Oh, hello. There you Although are. I'm out here feeding ryegrass. <laughs> I'm 75 years old. <laughs> well, it's good exercise. It's a nice time of day to do it. 300 pounds down, 1,200 pounds to go. <laughs> <laughs> How many anyway. acres are you doing, Doug? Well, I'm. I don't know. I have nobody told me about retirement. That wasn't in my dictionary. <laughs> That's a good thing. But uh, I've been doing this seating since 1966, and I remember old annual rye, which is you know, oh yeah, pasture grass. But mm-hmm. I remember in the early 80s, Germain had Medalist Seven, which was ridiculously expensive back then. But it was the first like perennial ryegrass I'd ever heard of, and started using it because it lasts longer in the shade. Uh, the gentleman that had, she did for 40 years, I just had a comment. Uh-huh. A comment about the gentleman who's been seeding in the landscaping for 40 years, a couple calls ago. Yes, sir. He uh, he, men- he mentioned uh, he used Pennington. Uh-huh. And I don't know how many people really read the labels, but the, the Pennington at the big box stores is only 40% seed of, of, the, of the weight of the bag. If you look at the label, it's 42% seed and... 48% two zero zero fertilizer. So when it says it covers up to 4,000 square feet on a 50 pound bag, uh, to get 10 pounds per thousand, you have to double, double that bag. Well, that, 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 that's a great bag. point. I haven't, I haven't read the label or used Pennington brand. So I didn't know. I know it's been around for well, quite a while. I'm sure it's good seed and they're not false advertising, but it says, it says perennial seed plus fertilizer, but there's a three-way blend, and the total the percentage of seed is 42 percent, and the rest of it, 48 percent, is two zero zero fertilizer. Well, you and know so, the, the other thing along those same lines too. You know what? It might have poa in it. I'm sorry. You remember the old poa trivialis, the poa grass? Yeah. It, I, that, that might have some of that. I haven't looked at the label. I couldn't tell. No, it's a three-way perennial blend. I okay. read the label. It's just that it's. People have to understand that. I mean, I can buy, I can buy uh, pure ryegrass, good for 100 pounds to 50 pounds wholesale. But it's not false advertising. But they have to understand that when it says up to 4,000 square feet for a 50 pound bag, in reality, to get 10 pounds per thousand, you have to use you can only go 2,000 feet with it. So mm-hmm. I don't know if the gentleman knew how much percentage of seed was actually being laid down. He's using Pennington because that's the only way I've seen them they sell it with fertilizer in it. Well, that's a great point, Doug, and thanks for enlightening us. Yeah, just, just so people know, it's not sure. false advertising. Just yeah. read the label, you know. Well, yeah, <laughs> well, that's, that's kind. Of, well, that's like when you buy these Roundup products or glyphosate. You know, you can buy it for it's anywhere from four percent, you know, glyphosate to forty. And um, right, they make all different kinds of formulations for different things, but you have to read the label. Right, yeah, and that homeowners are the last ones to do that. The professionals well, at least do that because it costs money to over over spray. <laughs> well, and we're we're supposed to do that anyway because of you know the yeah. the potential environmental hazards we can cause with chemicals without you know understanding what we're yeah. putting down. Doug, thanks yeah. for well, the call. Well, I just wanted to share that thought so no, people that's a read good the thought. read the label. How much seed are you really getting? And and then uh, you know then you gotta say if you want ten pounds per thousand, make sure you get enough seed. Well, keep keep up the good work. I went to when I was over in California last weekend. Though I wasn't here, I went to one of my best buddies' funerals, and uh, he yeah. was ninety two. I'm, I'm seeing about a half a mile from your Glendale <laughs> store right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Charles, I have I have a I have a job I've had for forty years, a condo. So they can't blame the previous previous gardener for anything anymore. <laughs> well, Doug, thanks for calling. See ya. Bye bye, uh, Richard in Phoenix. Good morning, Richard. 
Yeah, good morning, Brian. I made my uh, one of my many trips to uh, your Glendale store um, last Friday, and of course I was greeted by your mother taking carts out of the parking lot, and we had a, a nice conversation. She's a highlight of my many visits to your nursery. But anyway, um, uh, the purpose of my visit on Friday was to get uh, two large pots of uh, um, different colored variegated um, um, geraniums, uh-huh. and um, um, I've kept them. Uh, so they're only getting morning sun right now. Um, with the cooler weather coming tomorrow, can I move them tomorrow? Uh, by the way, I face uh, my back faces south. So, Richard, you transplanted out- these from the smaller pots into larger containers already? Oh, no, no, no. These are yours. I bought from you, and they're, they're big pots. Okay, they're, they're the, real, the, real the color pots. bowls. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, what's going to happen is, um, you know, if it, if it gets too hot, you're going to have to come through and pull all the, you know, just kind of clean them or clean them up some. And those other flowers are going to be shot, but they'll come right back into bloom. Um, really, we don't want to put them out in the full hot sun, you know, ideally until it's, you know, down around 90. Okay. 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 Well, that should be this week. Well, we're hoping, we're hoping so. It's got to cool off sometime. The days are getting shorter and shorter. And before you know it, it's going to be Halloween. <laughs> well, then, so I just, for the time being, expose them only to the morning sun? That would be ideal until the temperature drops down to around 90. Okay. Then, one last question. Um, I put in um, several 24 inch box uh, uh, red oleander trees about four or five months ago, and they did well across the summer. Uh, they are dropping a few leaves right now. Um, I've had some blooms. When when uh, is it normal for them to drop? Some well, it is. Yeah, the you know, oleanders are you know evergreen, so they're going to basically be shedding some leaves, at, especially at different times when the weather changes. And uh, so, yeah, dropping some interior leaves, especially turning yellow and falling off, is very normal. Okay. Okay. And then when will, will they rebloom again? Oh, yeah, or? they'll bloom. They'll probably not this winter. You know, they probably okay. won't bloom again until about March. Okay. Any feeding that should go on right now? Well, if you want them to grow faster, you can certainly take advantage of the weather we're having right now and feed them. You know, they're not at all frost tender, and they'll definitely benefit from being fed. Okay. Well, thanks again. Thanks, Richard. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Diana and Rio Verde. Hello, Diana. Good morning. How are you? Very fine. Good. I have a question, a couple questions. Um, our lemon tree was really struggling and dying, some of the branches, and it was, you know, dying from the top. So our landscaper came and cut all of the dead stuff off. Um, he took it down at least, oh, I don't know, two-thirds. Mm-hmm. And the new growth started to come, but... A friend of my husband said, you need to put manganese and iron on the tree to help it come back. Well, we have a fertilizer, Diane, that we use. It's called um, Organo Pro Citrus Food. And while it does Uh have manganese and and iron on it, it's also got nitrogen and it's a balanced fertilizer. So you don't need just the manganese and iron. In fact, that's probably less important than putting on the nitrogen. So I don't know how you fertilized it in the past. So if you just use like your re or ammonium sulfate, well, then you could use the iron and manganese be beneficial along with maybe some gypsum. But if you'll you'll buy a blended citrus fertilizer like the OrganoPro, then it's got everything and it's all complete. Well, the issue is now 
all the new growth leaves uh-huh. are starting to curl. Well, they're curling from a little insect called thrip, okay? So that's an insect that's scarring the leaves. has nothing to do with your fertilizer program. But uh, curling is caused by thrip, which is a little insect that gets in the new growth and makes it curl. It has natural predators that will come through, and they'll devour the thrip in time. And, you know, traditionally, we don't you know, really treat for it other than once a year to have perfect stuff that we're going to sell, you know, to the store so the fruit looks better. But culturally, there's really not a reason to treat for the thrip, uh, especially on an older tree, because it's going to get generate new growth and, and the little lace wings and things will come through and kill the thrip and it'll balance itself out. So the, the shiny silvery lines on the leaves is the thrip, correct? No, the thrips are really tiny little insect, and you have to to see it. You need to take a piece of white paper and beat the leaf against it, and then the little tiny yellow things you'll see on a piece of white paper. Uh, they're pretty hard to see on the tree itself. Well, this is all shiny gray um, with lines in it. Maybe I should stop at one no, of I'll the tell you what, yeah, and you, bring... yeah, you could do that, or you could just send a picture into the website, and we'll take a look at it for you. And oh. Woodfield Nursery, okay? The other thing is, Okay, thank you. The other thing is, I have a bougainvillea plant that's four or five years old. It's beautiful green and never blooms. Is it in the shade? No, it's in full sun. Okay. How often do you prune it? Um, not very often. Okay, because bougainvillea should, you know, prune. What I would say, say is a little more neglect. Make sure it has full sun and don't prune it. Especially um, this time of year. Can they get too much water? Well, they don't really need much water, yeah, so that's why I say neglect. So watering a bougainvillea yeah. that's established four or five years, once every two weeks in the summer is plenty. Great. Thanks for the help. I'll stop. Well, I'll, actually, I'll put one of these leaves uh, in a photo and send it. Yeah, do that, or you can come by and see us. We'd love to see you, but if you if you want to get a quicker response, you can probably send it in a photo. Great. Thank Thanks you. for the help. Bye, Diana. Bye. Uh, we're going to take a short break. While we're gone, we do have two lines available. Number to call 602-277-5827. Give Shira a call here at the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. We're here every Sunday from 7 to 9 a.m. on 92.3 FM KTAR. Sunny Slope, and uh, 
We'll get uh, right back to the phones. We do have two lines available. Number to call 602-277-5827. 277-KTAR. Uh, Sharon in Sun City, good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much. Uh, I live in Sun City and my house faces west. Uh, I have an older, I don't know how old it is, it's uh, hibiscus that sits next to the house and shades my window. Mm-hmm. And then I have a yellow bell just opposite over for mint. And both of them are very uh, old. And I was wondering how much when it stops frosting or uh, when should they be cut back and how much they should be cut back and also fertilizer. I haven't fertilized them much uh, and is the only fertilizer the ones that you have to uh, like uh, uh, put in a bucket and put on them. It's hard for me to lift a lot. Well, you don't have so to, Sharon. You could use granular fertilizer. That'll be fine. Okay, uh, you, you can granular. even fertilize them lightly right now if you wanted to keep more color up for the you know, the middle of the winter season. And kind of like you were okay. starting to share with us, the best time to prune them is after the frost. You know, if you really want to butcher them and um, you could take them way down on the hibiscus. If you really want to take it down to like nothing, um, what I would do with that one is it's up to you. I mean, it's going to come back. But if you're going to do that, just do half of the plant at one time. Let the other part regenerate, then cut the other half. The uh, yellow bells, um, Tacoma stands on the other hand, you can just cut it as much as you want to and it'll come right back up. Okay. I want to wait till. Because it doesn't grow much in the winter. Oh, no. So they're, yeah, they're pretty, pretty, pretty slow growing for right now. So, yeah, I, I would leave them until after the frost, which we usually consider the first of March. Okay, so I, uh, I can fertilize them now, and then I should fertilize them after the severe trimming or what? Yeah. Maybe even if you do it, like, just a little before, like a week or two before, kind of get them where oh, they're waking okay. up and, and, and then prune them back, and then they'll have all that already into their system and be ready to grow. Yeah, because uh, the yellow bell, it's more like a tree in a way because mm-hmm. it comes up and it has the the branches and then the foliage and flowers. So Well, uh, and you, well you, you can prune them both into a tree form if you want to. They both make, you know, nice little trees too. Yeah, well, the yellow bell is already like a tree in a way. Um, nothing down below and then uh, it's beautiful has beautiful blooms and leaves so yeah so it's uh, you know your form on both those plants is pretty much up to you and and you've got the right idea this that major pruning let's do it after the frost okay Okay. well thank you for all your information brian you're you're phenomenal well thanks sharon have a nice weekend (laughs) bye-bye have a good you too thanks uh dolores and glendale hello dolores yes hello hi hi I have a ficus tree, and this summer, the one side of it got really burnt, mm-hmm. and it's quite lar- uh, quite a large tree. It's about 12 years old. Do Will I lose that tree? Or no, I, no, 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 you it? shouldn't lose it. Do you see any sooty canker? Do you see any black powdery things underneath the wood that's maybe dead? 
I haven't really looked for that, but go, I don't. Yeah, think go go so. out and take a look and make sure you don't have sooty canker in it because a lot of them do with the damage that's been done. Okay, and if you have the sooty canker, we want to treat for the sooty canker. But other than that, um, you could prune it and uh, let it come back out, fertilize it. You could fertilize it right now if you want to, kind of the last time for the season, and do a major pruning on it if you want to, like the first of March, and uh, and just let it regrow and, and come back out. Okay, just any particular kind of fertilizer? You know, they can't read, so any balanced fertilizer like a citrus food would be fine. But you do want to look for the city canker. If you see the city canker, you'd want to treat it with some uh, Monterey disease control for the city canker, okay? What was that again? It's called Monterey disease control. So if you see it black and powdery underneath, okay, then you'd want to uh -huh. go ahead and prune that all the way down. You'd want to clean your saw in between pruning so you're not spreading it. And you could have somebody else do it for you, too. But but take everything that has sooty canker and infect it off the tree and then treat it with the Monterey disease control. Monterey, okay. Okay. And what is your suggestion on uh, tomatoes? Well, this time, you know, historically, we, we didn't grow tomatoes here in the fall. But if you want to grow something, you're still going to get some fruit on this season. I would go with fast varieties like giant cherries, sweet 100s, maybe early girls. Um, and then for spring planting, there's a lot of different ones you can grow. And depends really on what you like with tomatoes. I mean, a lot of people like Romas. You know, I like the big beef masters. Um, I like to let them get big and kind of dehydrate them. And I, I think they're quite good. And if you want something to last the lightest into the summer, what you'd want to plant is Pearson. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. Thanks, okay. Dolores. Thank you. Bye-bye. Mm -hmm. uh, Nate in Phoenix. Good morning, Nate. Hi, Brian. How are you today? Great. How are you? I'm doing good. Thanks so much. Uh, I apologize if somebody already asked this question today. Um, hey, Nate, you know what? There's very few grass. questions here that are completely novel. <laughs> <laughs> After 35 years or 30 years, whatever it's been, you know, <laughs> it's okay. But I usually hey, do get some so that I can't answer, so I enjoy that. <laughs> well, there you go. You'll be able to answer this one. I'm, I almost guarantee it. I'm looking to overseed my lawn. Um, I cut the water back. Or I cut it off probably 10 days ago. The lawn's still green. I haven't scalped it down. Mm -hmm. How long do I have to wait? How much longer do I have to wait until I can throw seed down um, for the winter grass? Well, Nate, here's the thing. I mean, you wouldn't have to scalp it down, okay? But you do that okay. to kind of help the Bermuda grass out. And the sooner you plant okay. ryegrass, the faster it's going to germinate because of the warmer weather. So as it gets colder, it germinates slower. But as we had the professional okay. a couple callers ago call in, um, you know, he yeah. was just doing his right now, and uh, a lot of people have already planted as, as early as September. But it, whatever, the longer you wait, the better for your Bermuda grass. Now, you don't have okay. to plant ryegrass, Nate. <laughs> sure, but, uh, I know. I we, we've we've gone back and forth. We've done each. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So if you are going to plant that, you should scalp it before you plant it. Okay. Very good. Okay. Um, and then, and then, what remind me in the spring? When do I want to start letting that Bermuda come back? Well, you really want to kill the. If you, it's not a matter of letting the Bermuda grass come back. It'll start to come back whenever it can, but the rye is going yeah. to dominate it. So what you really have to do is make a concerted effort to kill the rye grass. And the earlier okay. in the spring you do it, you know, starting when it's warm enough, anytime after the middle of April, the healthier and, and better your Bermuda grass is going to be because it's got more of a chance to come back in the summer. Okay, so I can put that seed down today, even though that Bermuda grass is still slightly green. Oh yeah, the the green the the you know the root of grass might stay green till December. 
The Bermuda okay. grass is going right. to turn good. brown. But it, uh, yeah, you could put it down today. I, I would scalp it first, though. Just mow it short. Just All let right. your mower down as low as you can. Thanks, Nate. Thanks, Brian. Have a great right. day. Well, it looks like Mr. Troy Barrett popped in the studio here. Let's find out what's happened in the world. And in the meantime, uh, we have one line available. So you can call Miss Shira at 602-277-5827. For the Woodfield Industry Garden Show, we're here every Sunday from 7 to 9 a.m. on 92.3 FM KTAR. A few days before he turned 80, he was sitting out back in a rock. He said, what you been up to lately? Told him chasing a dollar And in between sips of coffee He poured this wisdom out Said if you want my two cents On making a dollar count Buy dirt Find the one you can't live without Get a ring, let your knee hit the ground Do what you love, but call it work Throw a little money and play it church Send your prayers up and your roots down deep Add a few limbs to your family tree Watch their pencil marks in the grass in the yard all grow up. Cause the truth about it is, it all goes by real quick. You can't buy happiness, but you can buy dirt. Before you get caught on that ladder, let me tell you what it's all about. Find you a few things that matter that you can put a fence around. And then he laid it out. Buy dirt, find the one you can't live without. Get a ring, let your knee hit the ground. Do what you love, but call it work. And throw a little money in the plate in church. Send your prayers up and your roots down deep. And add a few limbs to your family tree. And watch their pencil marks in the grass in the yard all grow up. Cause the truth about it is, it all goes by real quick. You can't buy happiness, but you can buy dirt. Welcome back, folks. Beautiful Sunday morning. Looks like the lines are full. We'll get right to the phones. Got to get them in the right order. And that's Mr. Tom and Gilbert's up next. Hi, Tom. Good morning. Beautiful day out there. It is. Uh, did I screw up? I moved a cactus yesterday. Well, oh, I don't know, like did a... you? You got to tell us. I didn't move it. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually a very good time to transplant cactus. Uh, anytime that the nighttime temperature is above uh, 60 is a really good time to, to move cactus. Okay, what do I have to do where I moved it to? What did you move? What kind of cactus was it, Tom? Uh, I don't know. It was one that the about the size of a basketball. Okay, a barrel cactus? Probably yes, nothing. Probably. probably water at one time. If you want to throw some Super Thrive on it, that would be good. And it's warm enough where it should root out for the next month or so and be fine. Uh, the one thing that sometimes happens with the golden barrels and different ones is that uh, they'll sunburn. But the advantage of moving at this time of year, the days are shorter. And, uh, you know, the light's not as intense. So I, I doubt it'll burn. Okay. Well, you, you moved it from in the sun to in the sun, right? Yeah. Okay. It should be fine. Hey, thank you so much. Thanks, Tom. Have a nice weekend. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Uh, let's see. Next, we've got uh, Richard in Phoenix. Hi, Richard. Hey, good morning, Brian. I've got a question about roses, pruning roses. Mm -hmm. um, what time of the year? I've got 18 rose bushes, and they're probably about three feet high. Are these what hybrid time? teas where you have the longer stems? You're going to use them for cutting roses, Richard? 
Uh, you know, you've got me. I don't know. I okay. put them in about 15 years ago. Okay. Do they have all um, different kinds of colors and, and things? Or are they all one? Yeah. Color? Okay. Okay. So they're probably, well, each one, each rose bush is a different color. Sure. So, well, they're probably hybrid teas. If you want to impress everybody, if you'll prune them back by about a third right now, okay, and fertilize them, you should get some really nice buds and blooms for Thanksgiving and through Christmas, you know, and then you cut them back hard uh, in January. So prune okay, back third by now, and then yeah, and then really butcher them back in January. Really butcher them back in January. Okay, all right. Second question: um, How much? Uh, I've got an area about thirty feet wide and forty feet long, and I was thinking about putting in some steel posts and running wire to put grapes in there, uh, wine grapes. How much shade would I need for that? None. And sun. Well, they're, they're going to want sun. You know, so grapes are going to grow better here in the sun. And um, okay. if you've got that much room, you'd probably want to set up two arbors, just two rows, okay? And, um, you know, they could be run in either direction. But uh, set up two arbors. And um, so build them up. You could put some, you know, with a T-post up on top. And uh, two runs in through there would be just about right. And uh, run some wires and away they go. Okay. All right. I will talk to you later on when, when I get ready to do that. Tell me which kind of grapes to put in. I appreciate your time. Well, you know, I'm not an expert on wine grapes. I'm pretty good on table grapes. There's a lot of table grapes that work really well here. And um, wine grapes, we would have to probably go to the extension service and find out what they recommend. All right. Well, I thought you, when I talked to you or listened to you uh, before, did you had a couple of friends or something I, that are? I, I've, I've, got, I've got a really good friend, and I'll tell you what, uh, Richard. When you get ready, uh, you call me. We'll call him, and we'll bring him in as a guest on the on the show, and uh, he can really educate us. Okay. Great. That would he, be great. He's only I, been growing them for about sixty years, so he's got a little experience. And he's got, all right. Well, I appreciate your your time, and that I'm the guy from San Diego with the snail problem that we've <laughs> talked about. And the beer. Okay, thank you very much. Take care, Richard. Bye-bye. Yeah, bye-bye. You know, the, the problem with the snail and the beer is then you start drinking too much beer, then you're making escargot, and they think you're French. Uh, let's see. Next up, we've got uh, Charlie and Mesa. Hi, Charlie. Hey, Brian. Always good to talk to you. Hey, I've got a black mission shade that I just took from a pot Mm-hmm. And put it in the ground. Okay, it's uh, it was in a good sized pot, uh, maybe I don't know. I guess on your maybe uh, scale, maybe like a thirty six or so. Okay, uh, so it it was doing well. Uh, plenty of fruit on it, nice uh, leaves, vegetation, and so forth. So we did it two weeks ago. Of course, we got this uh, triple digits that hit, and I've lost probably fifty percent of the leaves and most of the fruit. Okay, are the leaves falling off, Charlie? They are, yeah. Perfect. No problem. And that's that's it's, okay. it's doing the natural good thing. Um, if the leaves are okay. clinging and turning brown, it'd be a bigger problem. But if the leaves are falling, it's fine. Um, yeah. What I would do with this this winter, and when it's dormant, I'd fertilize. I get a bag of cow manure and work in all okay. around it, and uh, that's really great to build up the soil. In the meantime, you might give it a light dose of a regular balanced fertilizer, like a citrus food, and a little shot okay. of Super Thrive. Okay. All righty. But that's so I'm fine transplanting. I was just kind of going online. They're susceptible, I guess, to transplant shock. And you'll, well, you'll yeah, get, that's shocked uh, a little bit. But as long as the leaves are falling off, it's a good sign. Okay. okay. All right. And great. Then, then, then thanks, it's thanks kind of supporting and balancing itself. Okay. Thanks, Charlie. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, Gabe in Glendale. Hello, Gabe. Good morning, Brian, and thank you for taking my call. Hey, I have a large 
ficus, the Tita ficus tree. Uh, it's 35 years old, probably 40 feet high. And in August, three or four of the limbs just dropped leaves immediately, the full length of the limb. It just and didn't I've like 120 noticed, for a month. <laughs> pardon me? It just didn't What's like that? 120 for a month, that's all. Yeah, no. And there, I noticed there's some black, like, scalding. Okay, that's not scalding. That's what that is, is, That's called sooty canker, okay? Sooty canker. So you need okay. to prune that out of the tree, okay? Right. And just cut it all out. And wherever you see, um, when you make when you cut those limbs, you want to clean your saw, whether it's chance or with some bleach, Okay. So we're going to sanitize our saw so we're not spreading it. And that's a fungus that can be lethal. Okay, so you want to cut everything off that's infected. Okay, leave the rest of it. And then right. go, go ahead, and there's a product called uh, Monterey Disease Control. Spray that on the foliage and put it on the ground, wherever the healthy foliage is, and on the ground around the tree. And it would be a great time to go ahead and give it a light shot of fertilizer right now as well. So it is. it, it, it can it can be lethal. Yeah. So just cut it out. You know, my big pet ficus tree um, that we have at the Glendale Avenue nursery that we planted in 79, Rosendo and I, um, it got some sooty canker three years ago when we had that really hot, hot August. And that's right. what we did. We pruned it out. We treated it with this Monterey disease control. And it's beautiful again today. But it's just, they, they get weak and then they're more susceptible. But you need to prune it out, clean it up and fertilize it, which is probably something you never had to do before, and spray this right. moderate disease control on it, and it should come back fine. Right, right. So t basically just take the whole limb out. Yeah, the whole limb that's infected. It, Wherever you see it infected with, with the leaves are off, and especially if it's got that Brock Prouty, take that whole limb out. All the okay. way back to you, cut it off in healthy wood. Okay, okay. okay. And yeah, if you're going to be doing more cuts, gonna... make sure you do sanitize your saw in between cuts. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll get a professional out here to to do that. It, you, it's you a can, large you, you can manage them while you're there, though. But you know, make sure they are sanitizing their tools and and uh, right. that it's being treated. And and the name of the chemical is Monterey Disease Control. Mo Monterey D Disease Control. Yeah, on All an right. agricultural level, I don't know if they, they would have it. It might be called Double Nickel. And arborists right. can buy it like in two and a half gallon jugs. You know, called Double Nickel. Same same chemical. Do you guys sell it? Uh, we do. We sell the, the like the quart sizes and smaller. We don't sell the big uh, commercial okay. size. Okay. All right. Thank you, Brian. Appreciate Thanks, it. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. We're going to take a short break. While we're gone, we're going to come back and have two lines available. Number to call 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR.
Welcome back, folks. Uh, beautiful Sunday morning here in the Valley. And I want to take a minute to invite you out to Whitfields. You know, Whitfields, we grow, sell, and deliver and plant trees. We also do beautiful flowers and have some great veggies and some fantastic flowering shrubs. But uh, whatever your desire, from citrus trees to desert trees, from palm trees, you know, of all kinds, we have beautiful uh, mule palms now. First, first really nice younger mule palms we've had in a while, which, you know, if you want something to be that reminds you of the tropics, look like a coconut and thrive in the desert, they're great. If you want to grow dates for fruit, I mean, if you're out eating the new dates this season, if you want to plant your own date tree, we have them in all sizes up to, you know, 30 feet tall. So if you want to put in, you know, ones and grow your own crop on, you can do that. But whatever your dreams or passions, whether it be a fruitless olive, a mesquite, an ironwood, or a pistachio, we grow them right here in Arizona. We're licensed, bonded, insured. We deliver plant and guarantee. No jobs too big, none's too small. If you need one, if you need a hundred, if you need a thousand, come out and see us. Our original store is at 824 East Glendale Avenue. When the East Valley at Cooper, which is the same as Stapley and Guadalupe, or 26470 Southern Avenue, Southern Avenue straight south of Sky Harbor Airport. And um, for now for four generations, we've been growing trees here in the Valley for the Valley's future and for our future to share this beautiful desert we live in and, uh, you know, manage our water and do it correctly and grow some beautiful flowers. We can grow prettier geraniums here than anywhere in the planet this time of year. Back to the phones, Kevin in Cave Creek. Hi, Kevin. Hey, good morning, Brian. I have a number of Palo Verde trees on our property and I've noticed that the older growth ones seem to be getting, uh, it's like a scale uh, on the trunks, and it actually seems to be on some of them spreading up into the main main limbs. I uh, wondered what that was, what I can do about it, and if I'm going to lose those trees or not. Some of them, the bark is actually exposed where this, uh, like, scaling has occurred. Yeah, you know, I've seen more of that on, on um, Palabreas. So these aren't native trees, either ones that are planted there? You know, I don't. I'm not sure, Brian. These were here when I moved here. I've planted a number myself, but these were the ones that were already here. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll tell you what, if you could, Kevin, from what I've seen, I, I've seen like a growth like that that doesn't really spread from tree to tree. It seems to be genetic and inherent in some varieties and more in, in Palabreas is what I'm thinking of. Um, if I could, if you just want to send me some photos into the Whitfield Nursery uh, website, uh, we'll take a look at it for you and I'll give you a call back. All right. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks, thanks, Brian. thanks Kevin. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Next up we have, we have to get the right order now, guys. So we've got uh, Pam and Mesa. Hi, Pam. Hi, Brian. I had to call back. Can you hear me? Very clearly. Okay. Um, you started to tell us a story. You tell great stories. I'm sorry about the loss of your friend. Could you tell finish telling the story? Oh, I can't. Yeah. Well, that was about Charles Norman. Did he uh, was a very, very dear friend, but he loved the nursery business. And he uh, was a Korean War vet and uh, started with his father in the nursery business right after the Korean War. And uh, he and his wife ran Norman's Nursery in California, which has become a huge uh, grower there, one of our major suppliers. But he worked uh, in the office until a month ago. And um, at 92, <laughs> it was just time for him to go. 
So uh, we lost here, Charles. But even the last last time I saw Charles was about a month ago, and uh, his mind was so there. And it's it's fun people to see people live the life they love, and uh, and keep their mind and ability and uh, and share so much. But when I went to his funeral, he was a Catholic, and uh, he had he never even told me he was Catholic before. But he had a cardinal and two bishops and 30 Carmelite nuns at his funeral. And the flowers were like un- unbelievable. But the, don- the donations he had done for the church and uh, to help his fellow man were uncanny. And um, <clears throat> he would go so far as when they couldn't afford the gardeners, send gardeners all over the state of California to take care of the churches. So, special guy. Uh. But Thank you, Brian. Some stories are a little hard. <laughs> I'm sure. But uh, I'm sure. Thank you. But Charles was a wonderful man. Have a nice Thanks day. How are you? Bye bye. Bye. Uh, let's see, Lisa and AJ. Hi, Lisa. Hello, Brian. Um, I called you about our silk floss tree earlier this. Uh huh. Are you there? Hey, how's yours doing? <laughs> Bad. It's, it's died down below the branches. I'm just wondering, can I save it? It's green just up to the bottom branches. Then it's and, fine. Uh, you know what? Then it's going to come back, Lisa. I have one that, in our nursery at Glendale Avenue. I planted with my grandfather um, probably 50 years ago. And it, uh-huh. it took quite a hit, but it came back out. And I had another really big one that we'd sold to somebody, and they were demoing their house 20 years later that I had at our nursery at Southern Avenue in a big box, and we lost that one. But, uh, you know, something about 115 and 120 for 45 days straight, they just didn't enjoy. And uh, and that one's in full sun, so... Um, Dan, ours is, you know, they get quite a bit of sun. The one that they play with my grandfather, fortunately, is uh, shaded on the trunk by by a citrus tree, so that helps it quite a bit. But um, now, if it's got foliage on it now, it'll come back. In fact, it would be a good time to go ahead and make sure it gets deep watered every week or two and, and fertilize it right now. Actually, it has no foliage. It, it's it's green only up to the branches. Okay. Well, it should pop some so, foliage, so I'm not sure how you're watering it. But you should be should be deep watered at least uh, once every two weeks. But probably I'd err on the side, give it a little more water, maybe once a week right now for the next couple of weeks, and fertilize it. And if you want to put some fertilizer, it's going to work fast. Use a, a, a water soluble like Miracle Grow or Peters, you know, something like that'll help it. Um, is the is the wood on the trunk? Is it still all pretty green? Only up to the branches. Well, that's okay. Uh, we're not, all the branches we're just are brown. To, well, the branches are probably all dead. You know, but what we're trying to do first is pop some buds out on it, and that's why we'll want to get that good irrigation on it right now and some fertilizer, okay? okay? And wherever those... Should I chop the dead off? Well, I would... I, for right now, I would just try and, you know, the most thing, that, the thing to focus on is getting some, you know, growth on it. So that's where the, okay. the good deep irrigation fertilizer coming in. Everything that's brown, you can cut off. It's not going to do anything anyway. But uh, you want to get it so it's coming back out and to generate some new foliage before it gets cold. Because, yeah, it's going to be just the trunk if we cut all the dead off. Well, but the thing about it is if the trunk's still viable, it's going to have a big root system there, and it's got the capability of coming back with a vengeance in the spring. Okay. I thank you so much, Brian. Have Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Thanks, Lisa. Bye-bye. Uh, Daniel in Phoenix. Good morning, Daniel. 
Good morning. Uh, yeah, I had a question. Uh, I went on vacation for a couple of weeks during the hottest part of the summer, and when I came back, my watering system kind of died, and I didn't get my Bermuda grass watered very well, and it kind of dried up. It came back, but it came back patchy, and it's okay right now, but it's still patchy, and then I wanted to know what I should do with it for the uh, off-season now that um, it's because uh, I'm not going to overseed with ryegrass. Okay, Daniel. So it's not necessarily an off season right now. As warm as it is, I would fertilize it today and deep water it. So put a tuna fish can or something that can capture water when the sprinklers run. Make sure you run an in- inch of water. I would go ahead and just sprinkle some 21714 fertilizer down before you do that. So it's got something to really kick with. And uh, okay. then, what, then what I would probably do with this come back and put a pre emergent on it. And that's going to keep you from having the weeds seed come up in those sparse areas. Okay, so you want to okay. do all those things and you want to do them sooner later than later take advantage of the heat. Okay, and then uh, uh, later on I should reseed um, in order to kind of get, get through those patchy areas. Yeah, you can, you can reseed it or you can put a whole new lawn in it. If you want to come and roll you know, new sod out, you could do that. But uh, you're not going to put any of the seed on it until uh, probably 1st of May when it's 65 degrees at night. All right, great. Thanks. All right, Bye-bye. thanks very much. Uh, let's see, Dave and everybody else. I'll take you all off the air. Appreciate the calls, folks. And, uh, you know, a lot of things happening in the world. And, you know, a lot of us are Christian. Well, a lot of us are sons of Abraham. But, you know, I had a real good friend I went to college with. And uh, he was Buddhist. And his father was the uh, youngest of eight brothers. And he was the only one that made it through World War II. You know, it's amazing. We have all these different faiths and religions. And they all teach love. And uh, we can all be hateful. You know, so let's try to love each other and be kind and work together and and remember that, uh, you know, our sins are forgiven as we forgive. Be back with you next weekend.